Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20, racing near sideline 10, turn of the 5, touchdown Raiders! The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Kicking off hour number three of the show, Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. We'll be joined by Lincoln Kennedy in a few minutes. My man DeMond's trying to get a hold of him as of right now. Jason in Vegas hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. He said, also, today I heard on the Rich Eisen Show, Julian Edelman also said with Rich that the Raiders will take the division. Was a great interview on the AFC West. Again, that's Jason in Vegas. And uh, now joining us on the phone line is our guy, Lincoln Kennedy. Joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday at this time, 4 p.m. on the dot. Lincoln, thank you so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. And now you've had two uh, two broadcasts under the belt. How did uh, how did the second one feel to you and Jason? Yeah, Jason and I were doing really well. We're, we're, we're growing our chemistry naturally together. Uh, Jason is very insightful, great energy, and and it's a pleasure to work with him. What's yeah. up, Q? How you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm blessed. Lincoln, anytime I can come to work and talk about the Raiders and talk about sports and have a good time and actually get paid for it, you know that's a blessing. My man, that's all good. All good. <laughs> and then I go to the Angry Crab and I spend all that pay, so there's that. <laughs> well, even better, even better. So I, I, let's keep you going, all right? Let's keep you going. Right. I want that circle to keep going. No <laughs> doubt. You know I will, my man. One of my favorite places to visit, of course. Always go check that out. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I was able to hear some of the broadcast, and, uh, man, the energy, and that's something that people have been telling me, that the energy is great and they're really enjoying what they're they're hearing. And so I think that this is, uh, is going to become a really good thing between you two. And we had Jason on the show last week as well, and he's excited about the direction. Uh, so, how how quickly do, does does chemistry build when you're when you're working on a broadcast? Well, you have to start with the product, and and the product is good on the field. You, when when we watch the games, we watch the games together, where we're talking about what we see, obviously, and that is what something that adds to it because there's a good product on the field that adds to the chemistry of us working together. And, and more importantly, they add to the energy of us working together. It's something good to talk about. Everybody loves Raider football. That's why they're tuning in. That's why they're listening to you. That's why they listen to us on game days. And that's one of the things that we want to look forward to uh, and want to make sure that we give on a, a good show when we watch good products. Right. No, you make a good point right there. Again, Lincoln Kennedy joins us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And Lincoln, one of the things I've been talking about quite a bit this offseason and throughout training camp is the attention to detail that head coach Josh McDaniels and the rest of the coaching staff is really instilling on this team. And have you seen that? How have you seen that discipline kind of displayed while you guys are on the broadcast? Have you seen that discipline as well? Well, Yes and, and no. Look, we're not in there. We're not in the everyday activities for the in and outs. Mm-hmm. It's up to the players to show us what we see, the coaches, what we see when, when it comes to game day. But what we've seen so far, we've got two games under our belt. And, you know, the, the, the answer is that it's been two wins. I've always, I've always felt a win is a win is a win. And confidence builds wins. So it's easier to coach upon a win than it is a loss. So even though it's preseason, they don't count. The fact that this team is two and zero, they're heading in the right direction. Now, look, don't don't get me wrong, Q. There, there's still a lot of things they need to clean up. Yeah. But for the for the interim, the fact is they've got two wins. It's something that they can work on and get better at. So I, I've, I've seen them growing, growing together as a team, growing together as a you know a coach staff and everything else. 
But it's one of those things that it's going to take time. We haven't seen the finished product yet. Yeah, they have some things to work on, including that run defense. I mean, the Vikings were gashing them for a while there, right? I mean, it was just like uh, myself yeah. and DeMond were yeah. running through holes. It seemed like it was just that easy. How how confident should uh, Raider Nation be in the fact that that can be shored up once Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols comes back? Well, I mean, the thing is that you can't put your answer in one person or two persons. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's got to be it, – this is a team game, and we're hoping that they get it right. The fact is, is that, you know, coming into the season – we had plenty of questions. We had questions about the defense tackle position and overall the quality and the, and the quantity that we had available. We still haven't seen that yet. Um, we also have uh, offensive line issues, if you want to go into that. There's still some things that you haven't been seeing yet. You have to see, have the answer to. And we won't have the answer to it until we see, you know, game one against the Chargers. But the fact is that, the, the, you know, the, the, like, like I said a moment ago, there are things that you can build upon. Um, you can get answers to, or, or hopefully, you know, address, if you will. Um, but th- there's still a lot of things that need to be to take care of right now. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Demond's got one for you. Yeah, Lincoln. One of the topics that we've been talking about today with cuts being with cuts happening around the league is, hey, players that are going to be released, signing with the Raiders, possibly, or maybe picking up an offensive lineman off of the waiver wire. This late in the training camp, would it be beneficial to maybe pick up a guy that's getting released from a team or maybe still go out there and try to pick up one of those veterans that's still laying around? Well, Q, the answer to your question is that there's, there's probably not any quality veterans that are being cut today. Um, you know, you, you really have to... See what you have in the cabinet before you release it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And the thing is that when you when you talk about these these sort of you know cut cut downs, you you see potential in a in a young man, and you say, well, we might want to hold on to him because he knows the system. We will have to reteach it. Um, but there's probably not you're not probably going to get a, a lot on the waiver wire. Uh, uh, from today, you, so you probably want to hold on what you have. What do you think the waiver wire could produce? Towards the end, once it cuts down to 53 men, do you think that there's a quality player or two that may be out there that the Raiders could poach then? It's, it's really hard to say, Q, because, you know, these days, the waiver wire is different than, say, back when I played. They're, they're, you know, back when I played, you wouldn't have a lot of quality players, veteran players cut. These days, waiver wires have been a little bit different. Last year, to, to speak of, the, Ra- the, you know, the, the, the Raiders even had a lot of quality players that were available to him on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. You know, Ha Clinton Dix was one of those guys who was a, a former first round pick. They, the Raiders, the, the Raiders had him on practice squad. Right. You don't see a lot of that. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's it's really hard to say what's going to happen these days. But I will tell you this: when it comes to key positions like offensive, defensive line, it's really hard. Right. It really is hard to have something you know sitting in the in the wings holding on to that because that's teams. That's what teams need. And, and look for really, it's really hard to have them hit it or, or, or be able to follow, follow them available on the waiver wire. Yeah, I've been saying the same thing. I, I think that it's going to be very difficult to go and just kind of sieve through the waiver wire and find a guy that you could plug and play. I think you really have to work with what you have. And what they have is yeah. Thayer Munford, seventh round pick out of Ohio State. Yeah. And I, I know we can't always say go back to the seventh round. I mean, he's in the league. What did you think from him getting the start at the right tackle position? You know what? I thought he, he did well for, for what it's worth. I thought he did. He held his own, and here's the here's a plan that's ground. And you know, look, you have to take it with a grain of salt because you never know what your plan gets on the other side. It's not necessarily your starting material, but he went out there. He played well. He played strong, and he held, he was able to hold his his, his own up for the, at that. That's a positive point going forward. 
because you want to put him in a position, obviously, to be successful. More importantly, to see what he can do when he's out there. So I thought I thought Mumford did play really well. Yeah, Lincoln, with Thayer Mumford getting that start, that means that Alex Leatherwood have to come off the bench there. Does that make your confidence in Leatherwood waiver, or is the team just giving Mumford a shot to see what he can do as well? Give Mumford a shot. That's what you know. What the coaching staff did last week, when you know I addressed this in the in the um, the morning grind that I did with the Raiders. When you have offensive linemen, sometimes you want to put them in positions where they're not necessarily totally comfortable, where they're not necessarily comfortable with the guard or a tight end that they played with or they practice with. You want to see how they they go out there and perform, and that's exactly what you did last last week with Mumford. Um, and, and I thought that, you know, it, not only uh, Jackson Barton did well on the left side, but Mumford did well on the right side. And it's, it's, it's not only to make, you know, guys like Alex Leatherwood hug, hugger, you know, Leatherwood hugger more when he goes out there, but more importantly, to see what the young guys do when they put in that position. So overall, I thought it was a good thing. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest right now on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Uh, we thought about Brandon Parker being a guy that could be the ultimate swing tackle for the Raiders. That looks like that's not going to happen. What about Jermaine Illuminor? He's been playing multiple positions. you think he could fill that void? It, it, he, he has filled that void, but it hasn't been consistent enough for me to feel comfortable with the job. Gotcha. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it does. It makes a lot of sense, and that's why we go to you. That's why we go to you to get yeah, the yeah. to get that kind of knowledge on the uh, offensive line. And I, I, I just yeah. like I like what Josh McDaniels is doing, where he's trying a lot of different guys at different places, and they're trying to see what fits. I just don't know at what point you have to make make a decision on okay, who's your five going to be? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean that that's that's the thing. That's the thing about the coach staff. And it's not the it's not so much the starting five. It's what you have to think about. Most teams. And, and this goes back to my playing days. Most teams go into a game week with a eight, seven or eight mm-hmm. offensive linemen. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have your starting five, and then you have your reserve center, reserve swing tackle guard, reserve swing tackle, uh, swing tackle. You know, so that that that's that's what it comes down. To. That's usually what you have to. But there there are certain teams that have a luxury where you have a, a, a seven where you can go to. That that center, and you know, obviously can play either guard position. But then there's that the guard who can play either tackle position. That's even more of a luxury. So you know, you, you have to think about that, and, and, and you know what your starting five is. I have a pretty good confidence what the starting five is going to be, but those reserves mm-hmm. have yet to be seen. When you look at the running back room, I didn't think it was as talented as it was when it was first constructed, but I've seen nothing but guys going out there and really busting their backsides to, to try to make this squad. How difficult of a decision do you think it's going to be when it comes down time to, to cut some of the running backs? Well, these days, running back is by committee. Right. And there's a number of guys that are in that room that are qualified and capable of doing it, and that's obviously what you want. But the thing is is that you know, the runs – it's not so much on the running back, but it's also coming out of the backfield. big part of this offense is back-catching ball out of the backfield, whether it's screens, whether it's wire passes. What, that, that's a big part of this offense. So that's something that you have to pay attention to as well. And they've got a number of qualified guys that are capable of doing it. It's just cutting down to see who's, who's essential and who we can rely on. Uh, Britton Brown was the guy that was really featured uh, last week for the Raiders. So what did you think of Britton Brown, the seventh-round pick out of UCLA? Solid performances, solid performances out of everyone in the running back room. And, and that's something that really gave me confidence in this system going forward. I think this system is really conducive to the personnel they have available. And we haven't seen all of them. 
you know, we haven't seen, you know, the, the entire receiver room. We've seen only bits and pieces of it. It really is conducive, and especially the backup quarterbacks have played a role in it. They, they played a solid role in it. This is always great when you have two wins under your belt. Even though they're only preseason, right. the fact that you had two wins under your belt, this is always great to coach and, and create confidence moving forward. And I think the Raiders have that. So this is a good sign for the Raiders right now. Talking to former Raiders offensive lineman and current color commentator on the Raiders broadcast, Lincoln Kennedy here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So what about the wide receivers? Demarcus Robinson, we saw that he was released earlier today in the in the first wave yeah. of cutdowns. That wide receiver room is pretty competitive as well. Is there anybody that stands out to you as guys that are competing for jobs that may have you know got one step closer on, on Sunday? No, it, it really is too early to sell. I mean, okay. you, you don't... Because you don't know what the, 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 the final product is going to be. Right. You know, it's really hard when you come from whatever, 90, whatever they started with, to where, you know, you have the, the cutdown data. It's really hard to tell what you have in the bank or what you're going to rely on. But the thing is, is that you, we've seen a lot of – we know Devontae Adams is going to be on the team. We know right. Hunter Ruffles is going to be on the team. We know Darren Wallace is going to be on the team. It's, it's those backups. It's, it's, it's whether or not you can rely on the backup. And we've seen some bright spots out of a number of guys – that have played the positions uh, in wide receiver, but it's really hard to tell what the final product's going to be when you until you get to the you know the regular season. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lincoln, you mentioned that we don't know what the final product's going to look like, but moving over to the defensive side of the ball, we know that those two guys coming off the edge, Max and Chandler, that they haven't played. <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, we know that they're pretty good, but we haven't seen them, so we don't know how this defense is going to look with them on the field. But what have you thought about Patrick Graham's steam scheme moving over from, to this 3-4 post to the 3-3? Well, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there, yeah, there's a lot of answer, there's a lot of questions that need to be answered on that defensive side, too, and, 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 and DeMond. The fact is that you know, they were gashed last week. They were gashed the week before between the tackles, the run game. You've got to shore up the defensive tackle. And I, you know, I, I announced for the broadcast last week, there's areas of concern that I have. It's whether or not you can stop the run defense. That's a big question that needs to be answered. Yes, the Raiders have got two wins in the preseason. But, you know, but, you know going off of the game last week, I think they finished up, if, I don't, if I'm not reminded about the final stats, they were in a, ended up giving five plus yards on your know, rundowns, so you, you you can't have that going into the season because that's going to be very detrimental. So there's a lot of there's a lot of questions that need to be answered on the interior part of that defense that we didn't see last week and you know in the week before that we're going to have to address. That's my, my that's my greatest concern: the defensive tackle, the interior part of defense, how they're going to stop the run. I don't care what numbers or what what names you have that are potentially there. Right now, the Raiders haven't been able to do that. So when it comes to maybe how do they fix this up, shirt up, we know that Jonathan Hankins, he's still on the on the pup list. Yeah, yeah, he's still on the pup list, and he yeah. hasn't been able to come back. But what do you think about the person that Raider Nation wants the most and Dominican Sue coming <laughs> in and joining the Raiders? Well, I mean, again, now it comes down to business. That's the business side of the game. You, you, even though there's somebody who's out there available and there's a name that's available, doesn't always make it right. Sometimes the business has to make sense of it. And that's the business side of the game. The thing is that you can sit there and, and address it with whatever, whatever name you want to. It's whether or not they're going to be in that uniform, whether or not they're going to be available. That hasn't happened yet. So you have to play with what you have. And the fact is that they're notable defensive tackles on the pup list. That's not good for the team. That's something they have to address. That's something they need to take care of. Now, they still have time because it's not the regular season. But going into this position, going into this place right now, they don't have an answer right there, right now. For that, for that you know, sort of weakness, that's something that you, you, you have to be mindful of. 
Not that it's a huge uh, piece of news, but the Raiders just traded Tyree Gillespie to the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what they're getting in return, but they traded Tyree okay. Gillespie, a fourth-round pick from a year ago. Interesting. Interesting. See what they get in return. Right. That's that's what I want to see. He was a former fourth-round pick. I'm interested to see exactly what they're able to uh, get in return. You know, they just traded Brian Edwards uh, earlier in the offseason yeah. to Atlanta. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, GM Dave Ziegler and company, they're, they're making some moves, and they're making some things happen as they're trying to put this roster together. And, uh, Lincoln, what did you think about the atmosphere <laughs> at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday for a preseason game? I thought it was electric. It really was electric. You know what, Q? You know, it, it nothing was as electric as the year before, the last year when they opened up the preseason game against the Seahawks. It was the first preseason game I've ever seen that was that was a sellout. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was there was so many so many people that wanted to see a Legion Stadium wanted to be there. This was a good mixed crowd. Raider Nation obviously showed up. There were also people from the other team that were right. there and, and wanted to see Legion. And you know what I appreciate the most about Q? is the fact that Allegiant Stadium has become one of those wonders of the world that you have to go visit. Right. Yep. You think about it, it's, it's almost one of, one of those things that, that are on people's to-do list. Ever since COVID and the pandemic struck, there are people who want to come to the stadium, whether they're fans of the teams that are playing right now, they want to come to the stadium and see it. Yeah. And that's something that I love because, you know, I will say this, in my quarter-plus century being with the Raiders, there has never been a time where the Raiders have had something that is all theirs. Right. Allegiant Stadium is all Raiders. Every room you walk into, every place you walk around, it's all Raiders. You don't have to share with the USC. You don't have to share with the Oakland A's or anybody else. It's <laughs> all Raiders. And so people, when they come there, they come there to see Raider Nation. They come there to see Raider football. And the glory and the honor and the prestige that is what it comes down to is to be a part of Raider football. That's what's at Allegiant Stadium. And people come from around the world, not only visit Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world, but they come to see be entertained by Raider football. And that's what I love. That does the fact that the Raiders have been able to show off. Yeah, they really have, man. And I'm excited about this year. And, and I feel like that, that Week 18 game against the Chargers that pushed the Raiders into the playoffs last year, that yeah. really gave them yeah. a preview of what Raider football could be, right? I mean, that just kind of – Too short. Yeah. <laughs> it gave, Too short. Yeah, that was something that I was excited about, and we're starting to see what it could look like now moving forward. Well, Lincoln, we appreciate your time as always, my man. Uh, we'll catch up with you on Thursday. We'll talk about what to expect for this uh, upcoming game coming up on Saturday against the Miami Dolphins. Preseason game number three. I can't believe preseason game yeah. number three is already here. <laughs> You, Demond, it's good to be with you. It's good to be with the Raider Nation. I love you all. Be good, man. All right, appreciate you, Lincoln. There he goes, Lincoln Kennedy, uh, former Raider offensive lineman, great offensive lineman, and of course he's on the Raiders radio broadcast with Jason Horowitz. Does a fantastic job for that uh, with that as well. And there you go. You heard us talk about uh, with uh, with Lincoln. The Raiders have traded Tyree Gillespie to the Tennessee Titans. No news on what the return was. That should be interesting. He was a former fourth-round pick. So uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. 419 is the time. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 430, Commissioner Craig Patrick from Three Ice Hockey will join the show. Talk to him about what they have going on at the Orleans Arena, the tournament they got. You could win a million dollars. But while we were talking to Lincoln Kennedy in the last segment, we found out that the Raiders traded – Safety Tyree Gillespie, former fourth-round pick in 2021 to the, to, to the Tennessee Titans. 
Apparently, according to Vic Tafer, they're going to get back a late-round conditional pick. So didn't think that they were going to get much in return. Obviously, that was one of those moves where, hey, he's going to get released. But might as well try to get something for him. So getting a late-round conditional pick, cool, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's the best you can get when you're about to release him anyway. And we see that a lot of times when, when we see guys get released or, right, or, or even thoughts of them getting released. If you remember, uh, Gabe Jackson was supposed to get released, remember? And then the Raiders all of a sudden, and he's a good player, turned around and was able to trade him. Rodney Hudson, they were going to let go, and then they turned around and traded him to the Cardinals. I mean, they're, uh, a lot of times when you hear guys are about to get released, then all of a sudden, before they actually officially get released, then they're able to come up with a trade. So the Raiders trade, um, you know, the, the fourth round, the fourth round pick from a year ago to the Tennessee Titans, and they get back, you know, a late round conditional pick. So we'll see exactly what that turns out to be. But right now, join us on the phone lines, and we'll get back to that conversation in a minute. Right now, we have Commissioner Craig Patrick from Three Ice Hockey. He joins the show right now. And uh, Commissioner, how you doing, my man? I definitely appreciate you this afternoon, and got some good things going on with this tournament going on at the Orleans Arena, don't you? Yeah, we do. We're excited about getting out there. We uh, It's our championship weekend. We've eliminated two teams, and we're down to the final four. And we'll have uh, four games on, on starting at 1 o'clock on, uh, on Saturday. Take us to how this concept even came about. We gave out a lot of tickets to this, uh, th- this event and, and these, these, uh, these matches, but how did this even come about? What was the, what was the brainchild behind this? Well, when, when the NHL started the three-on-three overtime uh, format, um, the teams would, at that point, would start doing three-on-three tournaments with the rookies when they came to camp in the fall. And um, Eddie Johnson, who played goal in the NHL, won a couple of Cups of Boston, and he also was a general manager and coach in the NHL for many, many years. His son, EJ, grew up in a hockey family but had a background in TV and, and sports marketing. And he went to some of these rookie tournaments, and he was amazed at how the fans were on the edge of their seats throughout these tournaments and and ooing and eyeing with all the saves and the goals that were being scored. And he thought, wow, this would be great for TV. And that was about four and a half, five years ago. And he started researching it and how he could get it done. And he hired some people on the business side. And then a couple of years ago, he asked his dad and myself to help out on the hockey side. Talking right now with Commissioner Craig Patrick from Three Ice Hockey here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So, I mean, they, these teams have gone through uh, somewhat of a gauntlet. I mean, a single elimination, but, I mean, three first-round games, two semifinal games, and, and then, of course, the title game that's going to happen on Sunday for this million-dollar prize that, of course, they're going to split up. But that's a, nice little, uh, that's a nice little prize money right there, Commissioner. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing that we have, have that kind of money in our first year. Uh, actually, the events on Saturday. Not Saturday, Sunday. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but we have we have the four finalists will be there, and the, each each team will play. The winners will advance to the championship, and there'll be a consolation game in between because there's prize money for the third and fourth place finishes as well. So, um, it's it gets um, it's been getting because of the tightness in the standings throughout the last four or five weekends. Um, it's gotten pretty intense and uh it's it's pretty exciting and entertaining to, to watch and now that it's it's at at, at its pinnacle it's going to be a great weekend yeah no i expect it to be a lot of fun and we gave out like i said a bunch of tickets to this but uh how do fans how do listeners get tickets to this uh they can go to three ice.com and there'll be a, there'll be a ticket 
you could go find tickets on there. Um, so it's three in, in the number three, ICE.com, and it, it can find tickets there. All right, that sounds good to me. Uh, again, we're talking to the commissioner of the three ice hockey right here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Craig Patrick. Got DeMond, got a question for you. Go ahead, DeMond. Yeah, Mr. Commissioner, when you have like so many teams that are competitive in this league, what's standing out or what style of play is helping a team be more successful when it's just three-on-three hockey? Uh, well, it's all about speed and skill. So uh, um, usually each team has a couple defensemen and, and four forwards because there's only six skaters in the team and a goalie. And the games are short. They're eight-minute halves, two halves, and they the shifts are 40, 40, 45 seconds, and they're flying all the time. It's, it's unbelievable speed. So it's really about speed and skill. What has the, the turnout been like from the fan base so far? The fans have been great. They, every stop we went to, they thanked us for bringing it to their town. Um, and we, we've been, we came to Vegas to start out on June 18th, and then we bounced around the country to Denver, Nashville, Pittsburgh, uh, Grand Rapids, Hershey, and uh, actually Quebec City and Toronto and Canada. So it's it's been uh, it's been we've been all over the place, and every place we've been, everyone's thanked us for bringing it to their town. So how exciting is it to have the whole thing and the championship game played on Saturday? How exciting is that to have it right here in Las Vegas? Well, it's great. Yeah, we we had a great first weekend there in June. And we can't wait to get back there this weekend. Well, it's going to go down. It's going to take place on Saturday at uh, Orleans Arena. 1 p.m. is when everything gets going. Uh, the final four teams uh, are going to make make it happen. And someone's going to take home that million dollars and have that million dollar split. Commissioner, we appreciate you for your time this afternoon. And uh, enjoy your time on Saturday. Well, we will. Thank you very much. All right. See you then. All right. We'll see you then. Commissioner Craig Patrick right there. Three ice hockey it's going to happen at the Orleans Arena on Saturday at 1 p.m. So if that is your bag, make sure you go check it out uh, at the Orleans. We gave out a bunch of tickets to that, but uh, you can go get those tickets if you want them at uh, 3M Ice. Is that what he said? 3MIceHockey.com? I believe that's what he said. I'll get the information and give it back to you one more time because I don't want to get it wrong. But, uh, yeah, I want to make sure that uh, I think it's 3 Ice. Oh, now I lost it. I had it, but I lost it. It's just 3ice.com. There you go. Thank you. The number 3ice.com. Appreciate you right there. 4.30 is the time. Take a quick break. Come back and uh, get into some more of this. Tyree Gillespie getting traded and some more thoughts that you have on the Salmon Ash text line. Of course, the phone line as well. 702-365-9200. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Got about 25 minutes in today's show left. We'll be back out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ tomorrow. Practice will be open to the media around 930. That's when you'll start to see some photos and a few videos thrown out there. And, you know, be back at practice as the Raiders prepare for preseason game number three. Then next week, that's going to be fun, in my opinion, when the Patriots come to town for, uh, for joint practices. And then, obviously, their game they have on Friday. And then that's it. That's it. After Friday next week, the preseason will be over for the Silver and Black. They'll be cutting down their roster to, to 53 men by the 30th at 1 o'clock. So that's something to look forward to, man. It's 14 days away. It's two weeks from today, right? That's wild. I remember when the Super Bowl ended, I was like, Devon, what are we going to do? <laughs> we got all this time with no football. What the hell are we going to do? We're here, dude. 
<laughs> I will say that the Hall of Fame game did throw me off. I woke up yesterday morning, did a little rewatch, and I was just like, man, I'm so glad that after the Dolphins game, the regular season's starting. And it's like, no, no, it's not. Got to look right. at the calendar, but it's just the three regular season games. Just like, oh, man, they threw me off just a little bit of the Raiders having that extra preseason game. Right. I nope. can't. I wanted to get here faster. <laughs> well, it's, it is here, my man. It is absolutely here. Uh, earlier today, we found out about the first wave of releases and waves, and we had someone hit us up and say, what's the difference between being released and waived? If you're released, you're a veteran that's got some years under your belt. You could be signed by another team immediately. If you're waived, you have to go through waivers which means a team that had a terrible record like the Jaguars could pick you up first. So if Tyrone Wheatley Jr., who was waived earlier by the Raiders, he has to clear waivers now before he could just sign with any team. But the Jaguars could say, oh, snap, I've been waiting for Tyrone Wheatley to get uh, re- released. And so now we're going to go and, and draft and get him, and they have the first choice. So the difference between being released and waived, released is that means you're a veteran and you can sign with anyone immediately. Waived, you have to clear waivers and teams could claim you along the way. A lot of times teams are going to let you clear waivers and then you'll sign with whoever, but there is a chance if a, if a team's out there looking at a Nate Brooks or a Gary Green or a Tyrone Wheatley Jr., they can say, oh yeah, let's go ahead and, and, and grab that guy real quick. So that's really the uh, the difference and that's why they designated with release the following players and waive the following players. So Vernon Butler, Demarcus Robinson, veterans released earlier today. Waived, Nate Brooks, Gary G- Green, Tyrone Wheatley Jr. We also just found out when we were talking to Lincoln Kennedy, uh, and he he joins us every uh, Tuesday and Thursday at 4 o'clock here on Radio Nation Radio 920, found out that Tyree Gillespie, former fourth-round safety, uh, he was traded to the Tennessee Titans. We found out by way of Vic Tafer that the, the compensation is a late-round conditional pick, meaning you're going to get a, a, a better pick the more he plays. It doesn't mean that he's going to play. doesn't mean that he's going to even make the team, but – it's better to you know trade him for a conditional pick than than just release him and not get anything. So if you trade him for a conditional pick and he ends up playing and maybe he carves out a little bit of a role, then great. Then the Raiders get something in return. If he doesn't and they end up waving him, then so be it. Then it's basically like you just released him. Uh, Vegas Pete hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. I bet Gillespie was in danger of getting cut. Better to get a pick for him. He did. Uh, he never did anything to show his talent. So good luck and goodbye. Teamer Abram. Harmon, Merrick, and maybe pick up another safety. I'm concerned about the lack of pocket pressure so far. Are you Q? Uh, and that's again from Vegas Pete. Um, not too much just yet. Again, we haven't seen Max Crosby out there. We haven't seen Chandler Jones out there. Uh, we've seen guys like Malcolm Koontz get a little bit of pressure. I think that there's there's going to be pressure generated. I've liked the I like the corner blitzes or the safety blitzes. I like Jonathan Abram playing up near the bo- in the box. That's something that we said that hey, that's where he needs to play. Patrick Graham's no dummy. Obviously, he knows that's where he needs to play. I like the pressure that Abram was able to get on the quarterback on Sunday and uh, almost lead to an interception. Deron Harmon almost came with an interception. So I think it's actually been okay. And it's only going to be ramped up when you see Crosby, when you see Jones out there, and you see, hopefully you see Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols at the defensive tackle position or someone as good as those guys out there. Because right now, that is really my biggest concern is not the guys screaming in off the edges. My bigger concern is the defensive tackles. I mean, DeMond, you could have ran for a good 50 yards on Sunday. I could have ran for 50 yards. Now, once I got tackled, I probably wouldn't have got back up. <laughs> but I could have at least ran at first. I could have got through that initial wave because, man, it was wide open like some old school TV antennas, man. Yeah, but especially to that question, pocket pressure, if you was if the question was what's the thing you're worried about the least, it would be the pocket pressure because we know Chandler Jones. At least Max from Crosby, the outside. From the outside, right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are going to be good. 
like that in the receiving core. If someone said, hey, the receivers aren't looking too good in preseason, right. well, don't worry. Once the regular season comes around, that's going to be nipped in the bud. Right. Absolutely. It's so funny, though, when the when the Gillespie news hit, uh, and I do, I think anyone here knows that I do the Locked On Raiders podcast each and every day. I also do Locked On Bets, but the guy who does the Tennessee Titans Locked On podcast immediately sent me a direct message. <laughs> Any intel on Gillespie? What kind of player is style-wise? What kind of guy is he? And my response, haven't seen too much from him. Was injured a lot. Hadn't done anything in camp. Probably won't get much from him. I mean, that's really my response. And I know that sounds like, damn, man, you couldn't even give him any kind of, any kind of glowing review. There's nothing to glow about. I mean, he just, he just, just like Vegas Pete. I mean, he didn't really do anything. And that's why they moved on from him. That's why they traded him and just hopes to get something. Maybe Tennessee could turn him into a special teams player. Maybe he could turn into carve out a little role. I don't know, but he wasn't doing anything. Nobody ever looked down, uh, uh, you know, during camp and say, "Oh man, who was who was that number thirty-seven? Oh Gillespie, what a play he made." We do that with Darian Butler, the linebacker, fifty-eight. I know him now, <laughs> real quick. Looking down at, at the at the roster multiple times. Who's fifty-eight? Who's fifty-eight? Oh Darian Butler. Gillespie has done nothing, and he was a guy that going into this training camp preseason, I kept thinking, well. You didn't see anything from him last year. Maybe he can step up and do something this year. It just didn't. It just didn't. You know, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't. It wasn't working. So they move on from him, and that's okay. I mean, you just that's that's what this time of year is for. There's going to be guys that are going to be let go. There's going to be guys that are going to be traded. There's going to be guys that are going to be brought in. It's just it's the nature of the beast as they're trying to put together this 53 man roster. I just tried to look up our sound system. Maybe you cannot find anything from Tyree Gillespie. No one has mentioned him in any of these press conferences in this in this offseason, in this preseason. You know, they're always being asked. Patrick Graham's being asked. Yep. Hey, Simmons is being asked. What do you think about this guy? What do you think about that guy? So you guys that are there covering the practice, watching the practices, no one's thought about, hey, after, hey, coach, what do you thought about Tyree Gillespie? Right. I mean, Amik Robertson's gotten more conversation. And, you know, it's funny. People, I've seen a lot of reports that Amik Robertson is really shining in practice. I haven't seen that. I, I mean, I haven't. You know, and maybe I'm missing it. I don't think I am, but maybe I am. I haven't seen him. I think he's been, I think he's been okay. I, I mean, I think he's, you know, done, he's done, I guess what he's supposed to do. But as far as just like stepping up and all of a sudden shining, I haven't, I haven't seen that at all. And I didn't see anything, correct me if I'm wrong. I didn't see anything from him on Sunday. I saw a penalty get called on him. I saw him get beat on a play, but I didn't see, I didn't think see anything special. I, I think he's a guy. And I said it going into the last week's game against Minnesota. I thought that game was pretty big for him because I have heard his name a few times. We, uh, we've asked about him as, a, as opposed to Tyree Gillespie. We've actually asked about him a couple times. I know Tashawn Reed, as a matter of fact, has asked about him multiple times because uh, Amik has talked about not having a confidence. You know, like, hey, there was a point where he had lost his confidence and he was trying to regain it. And I remember Jason Simmons responding, like, I'm not worried about, you know, what, what happened in the past. I'm judging him off of what he does today. So I thought that that game against Minnesota was going to be big for Amik Robertson, but I really didn't see anything that made me say, oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's earning a spot now. You just can't go and release everybody. You know, you've got to have some dudes. So, I mean, he might be a guy that that carves out a little role as a, as a depth piece, a, you know, a, a backup. That's what he served really last year. And you made a couple plays here and there. But I haven't seen anything major from him, you know. My lasting impact on Amik Robertson would be Brandon Faison was able to get that playing time that he got because they needed to get Amik out of the game. That's a good point. 
That's a good point. We had people on this show that hated uh, Brandon Face. And remember, he's like, he's not even a good DB. I, I can't remember who. I remember was that Tom? Brought, was that Tom that was angry at Brandon Face? Someone was mad at Brandon Face last year. And they're like, he's not even good. And I was like, he's not that bad. I remember somebody brought up his Madden rating. Right. That's how mad people were yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn him and his terrible Madden rating. <laughs> we're going to be starting a guy who's a 65? Right, exactly. So speaking of Tom, where's Tom been? I haven't, responded, I haven't heard a text from Tom. I must have made him angry. That's not shocking. <laughs> I do that well. <laughs> I find a way to get it done. 4.44 is the time. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, close out the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got a text on the Salmon Ash text line from Mike in the OC. Say, good afternoon, love the show. I'm a little concerned about the offensive line. Not sure if I'm overthinking. What do you think? Again, love the show. It's Mike from the OC. And no, I think it's valid to be concerned about the offensive line. I think we're all concerned about the offensive line to see how it comes together. I think they have a lot of guys that they can mix and match. Just want to see who's going to fit where, right? John Simpson, when he talked to me in the locker room following the game, sounded pretty confident in those guys being able to gel and get it together, even though they're they're mixing parts right now, you know, and Ideally, on the offensive line, you have the guys working together for a long time so they can become one cohesive unit, but they believe that they can make it happen. So uh, I'm I, I'm interested to see who can make what happen and where Alex Leatherwood, where Thayer Munford, where Jermaine Illuminor, um, you know, Jackson Barton, where those guys come into the game, where they play in the game on Saturday against the Miami Dolphins. I think that that's going to tell us a lot now. I don't want to read too much into it because head coach Josh McDaniels will tell you straight up, don't read too much into it because this is the time to tinker with things, which he's right. But I think Thursday is going to tell us a lot about the off or not Thursday, Saturday, excuse me, is going to tell us a lot about the offensive line. So we'll see when they play Miami. 448 is the time. Let's go out to the Raider Nation listener time at line at 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Charles in Kentucky. Very patient, Charles in Kentucky. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, you had a real quick question. We're actually two questions. Uh, number one, I thought the little uh, guy, the undrafted free agent, uh, Webb, played decent. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen enough of him, but I, what I've seen of him, he looked okay. And the other one is, how does, like, because uh, um, DeMarcus and Butler were both free agents we signed, how does that affect our salary cap? Does it go up, or does it hurt us, or does it just stay the same? Okay, I'll get off here and listen, man. All right, thank you for the call, my man. And the salary cap is only really the the highest, What what is it, 31 or – 41 or whatever it is it's not it's not uh all the guys there especially on like the one-year deal uh the one the one point something million dollars or whatever it is that's not really going to take too much of effect as far as the salary cap goes um i, I forget exactly the number but it's, it's the top certain amount of numbers uh and i and i'll look it up and, and let you know but uh no it's not going to affect it very much let's put it like that it won't affect the the salary cap now if you were to dump someone like alex leatherwood now that's going to affect the salary cap Right there's a there's a hard number that that he would uh, affect the salary cap. So no, you're you're not have to worry about that when it comes to guys like Demarcus Robinson and Gary Green and, and guys like that. They're not gonna affect the salary cap one one bit. So uh, thank you so much for that uh, that call. I do appreciate you. What was the the other part? Oh, Sam Webb. Yeah, Sam Webb did did pretty well. I think Vinny asked about Sam Webb and and I think there's some good competition at the corner position. Uh, there's there's some guys that are stepping up. Right. I mean, I, I feel like Nate Hobbs has already established himself as who he's going to be. And I think he's going to be a very bright spot 
Um, a lot of questions about if Trayvon Mullen's going to come back anytime soon. You know, he's almost been one of those guys, and this is a dangerous area to get into where you're not being talked about. Once you become that forgotten guy, then what? So we'll see. But I think Trayvon Mullen, man, he's got to get back quick, fast, and in a hurry. I know our next caller, Raider Mac, I, I believe he's not a big uh, firm believer in, uh, in, in Trayvon Mullen. Raider Mac, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up, fellas? Hey, hey, I'm I'm telling you, Trayvon Mullen, you got to put Nate Hobbs on. Uh, you got to move Nate Hobbs to that outside corner because I, I just don't believe in Trayvon. I, I, and my thing is, it's not that he's not. You go look at his games last year, and I, I, I got every game that we played last year. I'm a diehard Raider fan. But the, here's the thing. This guy holds a lot. He got a lot of penalties, and he always hurt. He still hasn't come back. You think he's going to be ready to uh, face Keenan Allen and, and, and Williams in that next game? I don't think so, but that's my thing is move Hobbs to that corner. He, he he's to me he's the best corner that we have on the on the roster. I agree, I, I agree. And also the offensive line that's my concern. You're going against Khalil Mack and and um, and uh, Bosa <laughs> that first game. You, it's 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 gonna be hectic. It's gonna be hectic. And me and you talked yet uh, not yesterday, but the day before regarding the offensive line. And getting the, uh, getting uh, them to gel together. Uh, do you know anything about um, Saturday's game, or are they going to put the starters in, or what? What are they going to do as far as the offensive line? Because that's where I'm worried about. That's that's my main concern. I'm like everybody else, and I'm not the only one. The offensive line is not is, uh, too many quarterbacks. Two our quarterbacks, both of them are getting too many hits after the pass. Good, uh, good call. I appreciate you. Yeah, you're right. You know, they they are definitely getting hit. In a uh, in a major way, and so yeah, I, uh, I I don't know if they're gonna play their starters on Saturday. I really don't. That's kind of really the point. You know what I was saying earlier is that I think we're gonna learn a lot. I believe on Saturday when the Raiders go to Miami to take on the Dolphins, I think you're gonna see uh, the guys that they believe have an opportunity to be the starters. But that's kind of my point, and that's what I was asking John Simpson about when I talked to him in the locker room. I asked him about them having so many different players out there and, and guys on the offensive line, does that does that hurt them in, in, in their their efforts to try to grow? And he said he didn't think so. So, I mean, he's the player, right? He's the one that's out there has got to do it. He's the one in the trenches. So uh, I think it's a concern. I think that they need as much time as possible to gel. That's just what offensive lines do. I'm with you 100%. But according to the team and the players, they think it's going to be okay. So we will find out. But if you see Alex Leatherwood roll out there in the second half against Miami, I think that's going to tell you something. If you see Thayer Mumford out there get the start again, I think that's going to tell you something. We'll, we will have to see, right? Not 100% sure exactly how it's going to look, but we'll see, and we'll find out sooner rather than later. I mean, it's just really that simple. All right, Q, we got about a few minutes left in the show. You ready for some real or fake? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Real or fake? We, uh, we rolled this out yesterday. DeMond's going to hit me with a couple of subjects, and I'm going to decide if they're real or fake. And who knows what direction DeMond's going to go. It could be about the Raiders. It could be about sports. It could be about J-Lo. I don't care. It could be about anything. <laughs> All right. Well, first, we're going to keep it in sports because NIL, it's always a big topic. People want to discuss it. Yeah. But there's somebody in Miami that's really raising some concerns. John Ruiz, he's a billionaire. You know, can't take that away from him. He does have the cash. But he is just steadily, steadily, steadily. His company, Life Wallet, they are sponsoring more athletes, maybe maybe the entire University of Miami roster nice. at 61 players already. But some people are saying, hey, man, this might be some funny money 
real or fake, are you buying John Ruiz? And you might not. You might now just be hearing about him. I am just now hearing about him. But if he's got that kind of money and he's uh, he's paying these players and caking them up like that, then, yeah, I'm, hey, I'm buying him. I might be the dummy. I might end up buying him. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the, the check bounces or whatever. <laughs> the good thing, I guess, is 2022, you don't have to have checks now. Just send that thing, whether they say Zell it to me or Venmo me or Cash App it or whatever they got to do. Send me my money. So, yeah, I believe in him right now. If, if he's got all this money, now if it's not real, then you're in Miami, man. You, you, you're, the goons might come get you, man. You might have to look out for the goons, man. The you ain't no joke, right? You, we've all seen the documentaries. <laughs> my thing is I just don't like that these billionaire businessmen, I don't want them to just try to buy their access. I, I know that this is what boosters have been doing long before NIL, but it just seems a little off. Or you just, hey, man, like he was just on SportsCenter. Right. They have a little piece on him. Like he's being interviewed on SportsCenter, being on ESPN, because you're giving the team a bunch of money. Just doesn't sit right with me. I mean, Uncle Luke was doing it back in the day, right? He was walking them in the club. All these cats were walking in but from that's uh, different. We know we know why the players would want to be around Uncle Luke. Yeah. Yes, we do. I'd want to you know. be. I'd want to be around <laughs> Uncle Luke right now. <laughs> a legend in the community. Like right now, I'd want to hang out with Uncle Luke. Because I guarantee you, Uncle Luke on a bad day is better than me on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. Q, you want it? Yes, I do. Yes. You don't even know where we're going yet. Who cares? Who cares? I'll take a chance. I'm good. I'll, I'll call home later. <laughs> <laughs> call home later? Don't wait up. <laughs> I'm with Uncle Luke. You already know. It's all good. <laughs> See, now that's some, that's some old hip-hop I know about right there. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I mean, not even the music, but what the music produced in people. Hey, man. It was banned in the USA for a reason, brother. <laughs> I'm willing to be banned in the USA with it. Just saying. All right, last thing, Q. It's a family show, though, so I'm keeping it clean. The series finale of Better Call Saul, the spinoff. Oh, Jesus, I saw you I saw you tweet about this. The spinoff of Breaking Bad. Okay. Real or fake that the Breaking Bad universe with Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul wrapping up is one of the best TV universes of all time. Real or fake? Well, I'm going to say fake. What? I'm going to say fake. You know why I'm going to say fake? I've never seen any of it. I've never seen any of it. I've never seen any of it. Breaking Bad didn't nope. even. Ch- I am the danger. I don't. I, okay. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know who said it. I don't know what that means. I don't know any of that. So I'm gonna say fake because I've never seen it. As far as I'm concerned, Law and Order SVU is the top of the top or CSI Miami. Shout out to Eva Larue. Shout out to Benson. I don't know who else, but yeah, I don't have any idea. I don't have any idea. So it's got to be fake to me. I've never, uh, I've never even seen the show. I used to have a co-host that used to run home and DVR it, make sure he watched it, and wouldn't go out with us to have dinner or anything. Oh, I got to watch Breaking Bad. All right, you're on your own, Jack. But he was also lonely. <laughs> <laughs> I was not. <laughs> so there's that. Now, I'm not saying everyone who watched it was lonely. I'm just saying that cat was. It's all good. All right, well, that's all we got time for, I guess. Real and fake. Real deal money. Fake, I have no idea about the show. 4.57 is the time. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.